Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Astrologer Bill Atride radio show. I'm Bill Atride, and this is our fourth show of 2020. And I thought today we would turn away from the, the mayhem of the political world right now and step back and look at the bigger picture of the influences that are coursing through and around us here in the world, and specifically focusing on the chart of the USA today. Um, and taking a, a look at the planet Pluto, the outermost planet, um, and then within that next orbit in is the planet Neptune, and look at our time and see if it has there's any semblance to previous times in our history, uh, which of course it does. Uh, the way the planets line up with one another, they form similar patterns, but never exactly the same in terms of the rhythms that they keep with one another, and there's a natural progression to that in terms of how many years it takes for each planet to get around the solar system. And I'll point that out. And, but they all have these similar alignments at various times with one another and with then any chart of an individual or company or country. And we can look at those and see, ah, this period is like that period in a person's life or a country's life. And that is what I want to talk about today. Um, and as well, of course, uh, then I'll open up the, uh, the show and uh, take your questions. And you may want to talk about that topic or you may want to talk about your own chart. And if you do, certainly just give me your you know, first name and, and a date of birth and a place of birth. And if you have it, of course, I always prefer uh, a time of birth because then I can be very specific. Um, and if you want to suggest topics, many of you have done that in the past. I will be doing that. Some people said, oh, let's look at Mike Bloomberg or look at this. And certainly... As I said, we'll be coming back again and again to look at the candidates during this coming season. Uh, and I'll probably have another show maybe next week or two weeks from now, certainly. I'll have to look at the calendar and see what fits in there. Um, and so to keep doing this every couple of weeks uh, to take, take topics up in terms of, you know, culture, the economy, political life, and individuals in the news. Um, and so we'll keep doing that throughout the year and bringing up various things to consider. And, of course, if you want to contact me directly, you can always email me for that reason uh, to ask a question or, to, or to, uh, for the show. Uh, always send that in advance if you can, and just send them to my address, uh, Bill at tried at gmail.com, uh, and I'll reply to you and, and make sure I've got your phone number so when you're calling, I can see that it's you because I get a long list here, and I don't know who's calling because the way the calls come in, it's just a number and no, no way of knowing who's calling. So it's just a shot in the dark. So that's why I typically just choose each caller as they've come in. So the person holding on the longest is usually the person I'll call on first and so on. Um, and then again, if you want to uh, call me or, or email me and get a personal reading, that's what I do. That's my work for the last 40 years. And I'd be happy to meet with you or on the phone discuss uh, your chart and, and guide you and help you understand yourself better, which is what astrology really is here for, as I see it. And what I've always done is helping people and, and guiding them to more fulfilling lives. So that is my privilege and my honor to do that for you all. Um, for today, uh, as I said, I want to talk about Uranus and, Neptune, Uranus and Neptune and Pluto, but focusing really on Neptune and Pluto. Uh, and then again, I might briefly just mention, just give you all a heads up that, yes, we have Mercury going retrograde again. <laughs> and it's happening today. So today, Mercury is standing still. It's pretty intense. Uh, and we'll all feel that energy now of mindfulness and mentality. And it's shifting and changing for the next three weeks to a much more introspective time. So let's just start with that. Let's get that out of the way. So 
Mercury turns retrograde this evening at 7.55 p.m. or thereabouts uh, here in the east uh, and changes, of course, accordingly around the world in terms of what time it is. And it will turn retrograde and move backwards from the sign of Pisces back into Aquarius and turn stationary direct again on March the 9th. Uh, and at and they're early, at the later degrees of Aquarius, and move back forward again. Um, and when it ever does so, it's time for us to pause, reconsider, look within, be more careful in speaking, be more careful in listening or writing or whatever way we're conveying our thoughts and ideas or images to one another, because the chances are that either the other person is wrapped up in their own thoughts and not hearing or presenting themselves as well or hearing, receiving as well, and likewise, so are we. So that's where all the miscommunication, misunderstanding comes in. It's nobody's fault, but we all take responsibility and realize the weather has changed. And just like when it's raining, you put on your raincoat. Uh, the mercury goes retrograde, you become more focused and mindful and careful about what you're thinking and what you're saying. Uh, otherwise, misunderstandings will mount up. But you should use it for correction, reflection, reexamination, cleaning up the mind and the thoughts is what it's most useful for. And we all should take time to do that. Okay, so back to the main topic. As I said, there is this correspondence of energies where the planets are in terms of their orbital paths and how long they take to make a circuit around the sun. They form these definite ratios. And it's interesting, the outer planets, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, from a ratio of one to two to three. In other words, Uranus's orbit's about 84 years, and you double that roughly to get to Neptune's orbit of 164, and then to get three times that to get to the orbit of Pluto, which is 245. It's a, not an exact one, two, three, but just like we as humans, the planets are individuals too, and they speed up and slow down and bobble and weave just like we do. <laughs> and so everything is not a perfect one thing or another, but individuated and an individual. But we can find this general ratio corresponding to many things. Um, but in this regard, that means as these planets line up with themselves and with planets in any chart, they will sort of have a resonance of meeting up at the same times or offset by a certain amount of time, sort of reinforcing their messaging. And I found it kind of fascinating that right now here in, in, on the planet right now uh, that we have in the USA chart two very big alignments happening simultaneously, overlapping with one another, which they have done in the past. Um, right now, um, I've been talking, as you know, quite a bit about Pluto in many episodes here about from 2008 to 2024. It's marching through Capricorn. Uh, and hasn't been back there for 240 years. And indeed, this is this what's coming up here in 2022 and 21 and 22, really, is Pluto returned to the USA Pluto, which is the first time it's happened. <laughs> so it's pretty big. Um, but if we look at Pluto lining up with Pluto, and because we have Mercury opposite to Pluto in our natal chart for the USA, um, there's a resonance of this happening throughout our history that seems to deal with our question about how we think of ourselves, Mercury, and how we deal with these questions of value and, and our capacity to have control, self-control, or be under the control of others. Um, for instance, if I was to look at this historically, Pluto kept moving along after the birth of our country in 1776 and formed its ma first major aspect to itself and to Mercury. That happened in the eight, late 1840s into the 50s. 
which is when, of course, this country was grappling with questions about how we're going to develop in terms of our economy and culture as we're moving to a division between a freer system in the North and a slave-based system in the South and the division our country forming then between slave or free and whether new states being brought in would be slave or free. Flash forward to the 1930s, and that's when Pluto now is opposite Pluto and on Mercury. And so that's when we have in the 30s FDR and the New Deal, and again, a restatement of economic, political, and cultural life. We flash forward again to when it squares once again Pluto to Pluto and Pluto to Mercury. And that was in the early 80s, and that's the era of Reagan, where the model set in place in the late 30s into the 40s was broken, and we had a new kind of way of dividing up the wealth and, 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 and well-being of our country between the various sectors that has led to our time. And here in 2020 and 22, 21 and 22, Pluto again lines up with Pluto. Pluto again is lined up with Mercury. Again, we're going through this fundamental revision of is our society based upon a clear division that is equitable and meaningful between the different sectors and how they share in the wealthiest country, or have we reached a breaking point in terms of how uh, unequal the balance is between those who have and those who have not? Well, folding that into something else, we can look at, again, this patterning as revealed by the planet Neptune. Neptune is extremely important in a chart. Pluto rules the will and the sense of integrity, and are we respecting this, our, our own space and keeping ourselves having integrity of our own internal spiritual space and equally then respecting and not infringing or violating or trespassing upon the space of others. Neptune is the principle of our vision and dream of our spiritual self. The dream of America, of anyone, is held by the planet Neptune. And so when it's lining up with itself, we're questioning what is the dream? So we start with Neptune in, in Virgo in the USA chart right at the top of the chart. So it's part of this dream structure that's quite strong. And we go from 1776 and by the late 1850s, Neptune now is opposite Neptune. And we're dealing with the first great example of our country of coming to a head of this division between will we be a slave country, will we be a free country? Two different societies, North and South, uh, and, 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 and great debates and, and struggles over that were ensuing. And of course, the greatest speech, ever, one of the greatest speeches ever given at the time, and people refer to this again and again throughout history since then, was Lincoln's great house divided speech during the Douglas, Douglas debates when he was running for uh, Senate. And so I would just like to quote him in terms of what he was faced with at that time, what the country was faced in with at that time, which of course is similar to our time because what is happening here in the 2020 period, 2020 and 21 and 22, Neptune is once again opposite our Neptune. And just like then these words hold true. And the words of Lincoln are, a house divided against itself cannot stand. I believe this government cannot endure permanently half slave and half free. I do not expect the union to be dissolved. I do not expect the house to fall. But I do expect it will cease to be divided. It will either become all one thing or all the other. Either the opponents of slavery will arrest the further spread of it and place it where the public mind shall rest in the belief that it is in the course 
of ultimate extinction or its advocates will push it forward till it shall become lawful in all the states, old as well as new, north as well as south. And here again now we find ourselves in the beginning of the 2020s with a country that seems utterly divided between cities and the rural states, between people of mixed backgrounds and diversity and people who are identifying as white. And so we are struggling once again with the identity of America. What is the dream of this country? What shall we do with this dream is certainly something that we are struggling with now, just as our great ancestors struggled in their time with their great division. I do not hope or believe it will be resolved by war. I do believe we can find a way through with a calling to, as Lincoln said, the angels of our better nature. But it is certainly a time where we see divisions within and between one another that are growing and mounting to the point where, as Neptune would say, we are all confused, we are all disillusioned, we are all not understanding one another because some of the basic framing and visions, the paradigms that we're living through in these different cultures and subcultures do not hold together. And we must find our way back to commonly held views or an agreement upon what is common to us to hold us together in this time of great division and misunderstanding. Whether we can do so or not depends on you and I and everyone else reaching across that divide and finding ways in which we can work together to make it better for one and all, that there are more things that we hold together than hold us apart. But we are certainly being divided from one another and framed that way by various instruments and vehicles of the modern age that are making use of that division for their own profit and well-being. And we must need all of us not succumb to that siren call of division and of making the other the other. But we must see that everyone, for the most part, wants what we want. And we need to find a way to do that. And I would, I would point to another great moment in our history, also when Pluto was lined up with Mercury and Pluto, and also when Neptune was lined up also. It was when the Neptune conjunction occurred. So we have Neptune starting in Virgo. It reaches its first opposition to itself. That was the great divide of the Civil War. And it came around back to itself, and we had a Neptune conjunction, a return of Neptune, in the late 1930s when FDR was in office. And he put out as one of his great statements on how we should try to build a better world, overcoming the divisions of their time, between fascism and socialism and the wars that ensued. And what he talked about was we need to work at developing and holding to the four freedoms. The four freedoms for him were the first is freedom of speech and expression. And he said for everywhere in the world, the second is freedom of every person to worship God in their own way, everywhere in the world. The third is freedom from want which translated into world terms means economic understandings which will secure to every nation a healthy peacetime life for its inhabitants everywhere in the world. And his greatest calling, of course, and it resonates down the halls of history, the fourth freedom is the freedom from fear, which translated into world terms means a worldwide reduction 
of armaments, of weapons of war, to such a point that in such a thorough fashion that no nation will be in a position to commit an act of physical aggression against any neighbor anywhere in the world. Well, I know we're far from that freedom from fear, but it is a goal, it is a dream that we should hold dear in our hearts if we are going to make it through these upcoming years, because certainly the world we know is falling apart. And it is not completely lost, the world we had. We have to preserve and protect and maintain the, the values, the structures, the institutions that are still viable and carrying out their necessary duties of meeting one another's needs, and which is what we use them for. But certainly right now, we are dealing with a shattering of our consensus and understanding of what, what our life is to be based upon. Much like our ancestors faced a division between North and South, we face a division within ourselves, within our communities, throughout this country that must be addressed. And it must be addressed by holding high to the ideals that we founded this country upon, that we are here in a, in a, in a common fellowship, pledging ourselves to one another for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness to preserve as much as we can all life and protect it. To, to have liberty, which means to not infringe upon the rights of any other and to hold each other sacred in terms of our, our sacred selves and to pursue happiness, which means to encourage and make, make possible the means by which every person is, in, is able to meet the greatest degree of their own self-realization and self-fulfillment. Happiness is not having more things. It is being yourself and being able to reach the finest expression of that self by living in communities, by working with and for one another that celebrates our diversity, celebrates our individuality, and does not deny or, de or denigrate it. This is the dream of America, and Neptune rules our dreams. And right now, we are confronting what will be the dream or the restatement of dream that will get us through these dark times. I am always hopeful that in the long run, everything's going to work out. But I know things look dark right now, and everyone should be reminded that our ancestors went through very dark times indeed, and they came through it shining, building a better world. We're not done yet, of course. There's a lot of work to be done. But this is our hour to stand and shine for truth, for love, for one another. Okay, well, I think I've said enough about that. I, there's many more comments I can make about these alignments and, and other periods in history that were resonant with this, with this energy. Um, but I think you get my point, and I, I don't want to belabor it. So what I want to do now is turn to uh, the ca callers who are online and, and see what their questions may be. Uh, and again, if you have a question about today's topic, that would be fine. And if you want to talk about something else, such as your own chart, that will be fine as well. I'm just going to grab a piece of paper here and take a little drink of water so I don't lose my voice. Ah, that's better. Okay. <laughs> now, um, let us uh, take up the first caller. And again, if you're calling about yourself, just give me your first name. Uh, and if I don't have you already in the database, um, fine. But if you have called before, remember, I probably have saved your chart. Just let me know and I'll look it up. If not, then give me your, your name and then, uh, in addition, uh, your, birth, your birth 
day, um, you know, birthday, your time, day, um, <laughs> I'm stumbling here, your birth date, uh, and, and place of birth, and if you have it, your time of birth, okay? All right, so here's the first caller. Hi, you're on with hey. Bill. Who's calling? This is Deanna, Bill, and I think either today or this week is your birthday, so I wanted to say happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Yes, it's tomorrow, but uh, I've been celebrating oh. for a few days. <laughs> Thank you. I got it on sure. time then. I just remember you're an Aquarian man. Yeah, Sorry, thank but you. there's something flying above me. Um, okay. I, I, my question is, what do you see on the horizon for me, and will there be enough work over the next couple of weeks? Okay. Um, well, again, with always with Mercury going retrograde, we all have to bear in mind that there may be a, a time to sort of pause and reconsider and reflect on what's happening uh, in various areas and, and where it's retrograding and what it rules in our chart often plays a hand in this. You will have Mercury retrograding really the whole time in your seventh house of relationships and partnerships, which would mean that there's going to be a need to review relationships in general and that ones that may have been dropped or lost may return, but also ones that things are moving forward and may pause and reconsider, but then move forward again. But more that Mercury rules your 10th house of career. So it could make for a period where there is even a little more questioning added to the next step ahead and how to make it. But it might also indicate that there could be some reconnection to a person who's bringing you a message about your career because um, Mercury retrograde often things happen uh, that have been delayed come back when Mercury's retrograde so that's that's possible but um, I would say focus on relationships focus on partnerships is really going to be the focus of the next few weeks for you because not only is Mercury retrograding in that house this whole time but the sun, which always shines a light on a different sector of our life every month as it moves to the signs, is moving through your seventh house now. So it definitely highlights that area of relationships and partnerships. Okay? So that's what my horizon is. Thank you very much. I wish you a very happy birthday, and I'll call again next time. Okay. Thank you, Deanna. Be well. Okay. Hi, you're on with Bill. Who's this? Hi, Bill. How are you? Um, I'm happy birthday. Um, Thank you. I'm Aquarius, too, so my birthday oh. was at the beginning of the month. Yes. Okay. <laughs> this okay. is my first time. First okay. time calling in, so my birthday Wonderful. is 2673. My name is, um, again, Patricia, and I was born in Birmingham, Alabama. Okay, hold on. So let me get this, Patricia, 2673. Um, and do you have a time of birth or no? No. No, okay. So in Birmingham, Birmingham, <laughs> Alabama, right? Okay, I've got yes. that. And let me just, when we don't have a time of birth, what we do is we take your chart and create a chart that's set for noon and then we know we're within 12 hours of being there. So we know roughly where all the planets are. We just don't have a, a true house structure. But again, no matter what time you're born, you're more Aquarius, of course. But on, on the day you were born, the moon was actually changing signs. So you could be for much of the day an Aquarius with your moon in Pisces. 
if you were born late in the day, your moon could have moved to the sign of Aries. So for someone like yourself, it's even more important to try to get that birth time if it was ever available. But if not, we can go with this certainly and just see what we come up with. So did you have a, a particular question for me? Or did you want to know something about your chart? Or um, I guess um, do you uh, – well, I just a general read around mm-hmm. this new year, um, okay. 2020. Okay, yes. sure. Let me let me see what um what the what we call this in astrology we call the aspects, um, which are transits, which are the planets moving around out there, and how they're lining up with our own chart gives us a sense of the energies that a person's encountering. And like many things, they wax and wane. There's gentler times and more challenging times depending upon what's lining up uh, within our chart. So let me just look and see what the the bigger, more obvious things are here in your chart right now. Um, okay. Okay. I'm just going down the list, and then I'll see what I want to comment on. Well, actually, the the one of the biggest influences for you this year is that the planet Saturn again is moving through Capricorn, finish and beginning to move into Aquarius. You're born with your Jupiter at the end of Capricorn. Um, but right next to your Venus in Aquarius. But Jupiter is the planet of truth and expansion and of growth and optimism and good fortune, as they say. When Saturn's on Jupiter, the question a person's being asked to address is, what is good growth? Meaning, chances are we think, many of us think, more is more. (laughs) If we have more, Mm -hmm. it's better than less. But sometimes there's too much, or we're spreading our energies too thinly, We're trying to juggle too much, and by doing more, we end up having less. So I always use this when Saturn touches Jupiter for someone. It's a year to choose amongst perhaps several different options of growth. Rather than doing them all and spreading myself too thin, this is a year that requires I choose one or two things over another. And by focusing my energy, doing less, quote-unquote, I'm going to end up with more. So it could be a time when a person begins or ends a phase of their business or economic life. They begin a new job or a new activity, but they have to choose between one or the other. Um, It definitely is a time when often people feel the need to tighten their belts and watch their income and outgo. Um, So some years Mm -hmm. we feel more flush and boy, I can do anything. I don't have to, I don't have to worry about a budget. This is the year that budgeting is much more important, that I make sure I'm allocating my resources carefully is something you want to pay attention to. I mean, it's, you always okay. should pay attention to it. But this is a year, um, because it's the conjunction, which only happens once every 29 years, you're at the beginning of a new growth cycle, um, a new cycle between your need for security, Saturn, and your need to feel optimistic and positive, Jupiter. Um, and so something is beginning this year. You're beginning something this year is what this would say in terms of your own growth. Okay. All right? Okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like well, that, that sounds good. No, no, I do too. Yes. And, and again, um, Saturn will be moving into Aquarius, but not getting to, to our sign, our, because you're, a little later in Aquarius like me. So Saturn won't get to your sun 
not until 2022. But Jupiter will get to your sun because uh, it goes into Aquarius also by early 2021. And so you will feel a real resurgence of energy and good fortune and feeling good luck early in 2021 when Jupiter makes it to your sun's position at that point. Okay? Okay. Good. Okay. All right. All right, Patricia. It was nice. Thank you. Nice talk. Sure. Anytime. All right. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. And let's see. Next person in the list. Hi, it's Bill. Hi, Bill. It's Nathaniel Sinclair. How are you doing? I'm fine. I'm fine. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Okay. Call in. Calling in for a astro checkup. Okay. Okay. Um now did you call in before and I and I have your information yes, I here? Did. Yeah. Okay, yes, it's, it's yes. the May first, nineteen fifty seven. Is that am I? Bingo. Bingo. Okay, yes. there you go. Okay. Um and and what can I help you with today? Well, I'm kinda of wanting to see, you know, I've uh kind of gone through some bad periods here. I've had colon cancer and I'm back to work now. But I um, kind of want to see where a new love might be coming in or uh, a new okay. job okay. or anything. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, let's see where all those planets are in your chart here. So let me just do the wheel so I get a visual and then run the numbers. So um, okay. Um well, actually, you know, your progressed moon, which is this inner measure of time, um, it's roughly, let's say, eight months ago, began moving through the fifth house, which is the house of self-expression, the house of creativity and leadership and love, um, beginning in July 2019. And so that certainly speaks to a time in your life when you should be seeking to change the patterns in which I show my love and receive my love is upon me that which means whatever were the patterns they were what they were but now i'm much more able to express my love for myself and express my love for others in a new way which will lead to different obviously possibilities and outcomes that but i think the focus on relationship and love and creativity will become even stronger by May, because that's when your progressed moon moves into the sign of Libra itself. While it's been in Virgo for the last couple of years, that is a time to focus on health and healing. Uh, and often health things do come up that we have to address during that time. When the moon goes into Libra, our attention shifts to other people, our primary and, and both friendships and primary relationships. And now we see that's where there is change occurring and opportunities showing themselves. So I would certainly think that maybe not quite yet, but possibly already, but certainly by this spring, as the moon goes into Libra, the focus upon relationship is going to become, and, and love is going to become quite strong. Oh, okay. How does that sound? that okay what day would that be what day would that be well, in May? well, is that, well the, the, day the exact yeah the exact day that the moon changes from virgo 
uh, to Libra um, is on May the 10th. So second week of, of May, your moon is moving through Libra, which is a, you know, is the other sign ruled by Venus. You're, you're, of course, a Taurus, so Venus is the planet that rules your sun sign. And the other sign that's ruled by Venus, which, again, is the planet of love and value and beauty, um, uh, is, is Libra. So you'll, you'll be having this sort of, as I say, double Venusian energy. You're, you are a Venusian being uh, your Taurus, and now you'll have your progressed moon going through the other sign ruled by Venus. So that should certainly help. Um, okay. Hey, happy birthday, Bill. Thanks so much. Well, thank hey, you, Daniel. Uh, did you, yeah. Hey, did you think about a new job here? Because I went back to work for the same company, and I'm looking for some other work that, you know, pays a bit more and I might be a, more happy with. Uh, do you see that coming through? Uh, um, well, you, 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 the last couple of years, Saturn was in your eighth house, which is a, definitely a time of dealing with debts and financing and how much support I get and give from other people. It's more, people don't forget that time. It's a little challenging to say the least. Saturn's left there now. So you're in a better period for expansion and growth of whatever you're doing and whatever you're seeking for. Um, but it, but it, it, in terms of making a really strong, big, positive change, in the workplace, I'd be looking at further ahead when Jupiter gets up close to the top of your chart. That's more like in 2021 when Jupiter's in Aquarius, and that's when you can jump to a better job, get a better reward, um, make, a, make a stronger shift, and be supported by Jupiter. It doesn't mean you can't do it before then, but that's when we tend to be much more fortunate in making these moves. So I would be leaning more in that direction, Okay. Great, great. And today is your birthday? No, tomorrow, February 17th, that's my birthday. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, well thank you're you. born the day of the battler. You're born the day of the battler. I know, like, every day of the year. So Einstein's born the day of relativity. But okay. you're born the same day as Michael Michael Jordan. So you're born okay. the day of the battler. It says. Okay. So, <laughs> well, I know all, all I'll the days. I'll take that. But hey, <laughs> hey, buddy. hey, you're the best, buddy. Happy birthday. Okay, thank you so much. All right, have a good day. Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah. Okay, let's go to the next caller. You've been holding for quite some time. This is Bill. Hi there. Hi, Bill. This is Andy. Hi. I just wanted to say thanks so much. This is probably one of the best, most articulate um, explanations of the uh, Saturn-Pluto and uh, what this country is going through, I think that I've heard in a long time. So thank you for that. Sure. No, I've been I've been writing and talking about this in the blog and on the radio shows since before 2008. I, that's when I really got my own blog going more in 2010. But I've been on shows before that and just knew this period coming up was going to be so powerful because of looking back at history when it happened before uh, the, the certain alignments that is Pluto and Capricorn over the over the centuries. And said, boy, the world's going to change. And boy, has it. <laughs> <laughs> has, has it ever. <laughs> okay. And I'm, I'm sure we're, we're not done yet. <laughs> oh, no, we're not done. We have to start building the new world. We're still dealing with the old one falling apart. Um, but it's coming. Right. It, yeah. Yes. What and can I, I do for you, Andy? Be better than ever. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, just oh, me a too. quick question. Um, my... Um, Birth date is three twenty four sixty five. 
2465. And you and said your name is Andy. You go by Andy, huh? Andy. Andy uh-huh. And then uh, okay. the birth time is 12.05 p.m. 12.05 p.m. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's in um, Urbana, Illinois. Urbana, Illinois. Okay. So March 25th, 65, right? Okay. It's, it's March 24th. Oh, fourth. Oh, oh, no, yeah, that's what I've got. I said the wrong thing, but I dip, typed the right thing, which is <laughs> okay. better than the other. Okay, so so, uh, so you're in Aries, as you know, with your moon in Capricorn, and then you have Cancer rising. Okay, so what can I do for you? Uh, just briefly, good time to take a vacation. I'm finishing up and defending a dissertation here in the next couple mm-hmm. of months, and Boy, I could sure use a little time off. <laughs> okay. Well, um, it, that, that you, you've had your moon in Capricorn now for your progressed moon. It's back in Capricorn for the last three months. Um, and you know your moon is, is placed in that sixth house of health and healing. So it's very important for someone like you. It's important for all of us to live a balanced life between work and play and activity and rest. But you are even more sensitive to these matters. And so if you do strain your system with worry or too much whatever um, and you get emotionally upset or emotionally frustrated, you're gonna, your body's going to let you know. The word psychosomatic was invented for somebody like you. So you need to <laughs> listen to those sounds and signals that say, okay, I need to get a little rest. I need to sleep a little more. I need to do whatever. Um, I have to take responsibility for myself because really no one else is going to do that really as much as you need to or we need to. So that's number one. And I'd say because your moon is back in that house of health and healing, that says, yes, I need to work now on creating a lifestyle in general that, that is sustainable and, meaning, and workable for me. But along with the day-to-day-to-day and the week-to-week and year-to-year, Part of our life should be planned out in terms of, you know, larger periods of downtime or playtime or fun time, because that's where the magic can happen in terms of dreaming and imagining and not being always focused on a particular thing or project. Uh, It's one thing we've lost in the modern world, the time to dream and wander and be imaginative. I remember as a kid growing up, we didn't have organized sports. We just went out and played with one another and made our own games. And (laughs) it was, you know, it was and you had all this creativity that just came from just filling the time that was available to you. And instead, now every part of our time is slotted and, and cut up. And we don't have what I call, I call it no time. Like nothing is planned in yeah. that time. <laughs> but it's essential right. to have no time for wonder and, 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 and wonder of the universe to, to show itself. Um, so I would certainly encourage you as soon as you can do it. There's no good time to do this. It's always a good time to do this. It's always a good time, um, yeah. Take, take your vacation. Now, your Mer- Mercury is turning retrograde in your ninth house. That is the house of travel. So that does indicate you may be thinking about travel. Um, but, of course, if you would want to wait the next three weeks before Mercury turns direct, that might, you know, sometimes when Mercury is retrograde, they're a little more, some more snafus in travel. It's not your fault, but other people are, you know, doing things. Um, not, not, not danger, but just annoyances. Um, what were you thinking right. in terms of traveling? What was the time frame for you? Uh, actually, just um, 
perhaps, well, I have to um, co-present at a conference towards um, the 21st of March, so I'll be traveling uh, for Mm -hmm. that anyway, but I was just thinking about a bit of a getaway um, either after the defense, which would be mid-April or the third week in April, something like that, just just a quick, and then maybe a longer one in May or June. Okay. Well, let's look at what's going on. Well, in, um, well, actually, if I, let me go back up here. I'm just looking at the wheel of the chart and moving planets through it. Um, You might find, again, where that sun is, is showing what you're highlighting. The sun from late March to late April is in your 10th house. That's the house of your public life and your career and your titles and roles and names. So a time when you might want to be around for that. But in that first week of May and through to, let me see how wide we could take it, through till the first week in June, that's when the sun is always in your 11th house, which is the house of friendship and companionship and community. And that would be a most excellent time to go off and, Think about your dreams. Think about who you want to be with and your friends and companions and have good times. That's a very social house and sociable house. And that's really your time every year. That month of May into early June, uh, I would say, would be always a good pick for that, something like that. Okay? Oh, great. Yeah, that sounds great. Thanks so much. You're very welcome. Okay, Andy. All right. Talk to you later. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, um, going down the list here. Hi, you're on with Bill. Who's this? Hi, Bill. This is Tanika. I've spoken to you before. Happy early birthday. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Just wondering about love with me and another person who I know their birthday. Okay. Um, Do you have it with you? I mean, you have a birthday to give me? Yeah. Yes, his hey, birthday uh, is so ten. What? What? So what? Just give oh. me a name to go with him, um, or whatever. Oh, his name. Mm-hmm. His or you can you can Frank. call him anything you want. You can call him A or B. I just want to have it so I have it listed with oh, your okay. chart here. So can, uh, F. Yeah. You can call F. him F. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what is his birthday? <laughs> ten twenty-eight seventy-six. Okay. And do you have time or place? I believe it was New York, probably Long Island, New York. Um, I'm not sure. It might have been out of the country, but um, he seems pretty much like a Long Islander to me. Okay, okay. I'll I'll just do that. I'll just do New York, and then we'll just do it for noon because if there's no time, then we don't have a time to to work with. So we use the middle of the day to just get close. So in terms of this person's chart, no matter what time they're born – of course, they are a Scorpio, and no matter what time they're born, their moon is in Capricorn, um, and they are born with their sun lined up with the planet Uranus, which makes them a really unusual person. Um, <laughs> they, there's something there's something magical about people who have this kind of kind of configuration. They they break the mold. They're different than other people. They sort of have an electric quality about them that can make them quite attractive to certain people who are drawn to that kind of magical quality, I suppose. 
maybe some people wouldn't be, um, but that would definitely be part of their DNA, as it were. Um, of course, Virgo, that's your sign. You're, you're, as we know, a triple Virgo, sun, moon, and rising sign, which makes you a very earthy person um, and, and looking, therefore, in your life um, for someone who responds to that, that need for order and, and, and constancy and stability and being someone you can rely upon. Well, Mr. F has his moon in Capricorn, which is the sign of responsibility itself. <laughs> and so he is the person emotionally who, who, who would feel the need to take on responsibilities uh, in his life. But the thing about the moon being in Capricorn, sometimes it makes a person somewhat reserved in expressing their feelings. We think of Scorpios as being very passionate and quite emotional at times. But a moon in Capricorn person has this, has this thing over their feelings, which is like a veneer, a thing holding their feelings in. So they tend to be more um, careful, cautious, or reserved in nature. But we can feel the energy behind that but it sometimes it's not getting through because of that, that thing that's in the way. And it could be what they were exposed to growing up and how they were expected to behave, whatever it may be, causes, causes this more reserved nature. So figuring out what's really going on in there with someone like this can be a little tricky sometimes, okay? Mm -hmm. um, that may be something you'd be encountering here. Um, what they're looking for when it comes to love is they've got their Venus in Sagittarius. So they look for love, which is, uh, is where we come together to grow and travel and share discovery with one another. So going on a trip or just going for a walk and walking in a place we haven't walked before, going to a restaurant of a food we haven't tried before. These are the things this person loves to do. He wants a woman who's an explorer, <laughs> okay, who wants mm -hmm. to travel in whatever way we're traveling it in the mind or the body or our, our values. You, of course, you're a Virgo, triple Virgo, but you want to be a Libra. You want a relationship based upon fairness and, uh, and mutual understanding. And Venus and Libra and Venus and Sag, which are the two ways you're approaching love in your chart, are compatible. I mean, that can work. Um, so it's not as if this is not it's something that wouldn't work. But let me look at the, the overlay here, the two charts, just to see how they're looking. So right away, we look at how the suns and moons line up in a chart. In this case, his sun to your sun, they're making a beautiful contact to one another. And then your moons to one another are totally harmonious too. So right from the beginning, at the core of our nature, our sun, our moon you two show compatibility. Now, that doesn't mean everything's going to work. <laughs> it just means that's a good thing to see at the outset in terms of what's the potential here for this relationship. Um, he has, you may have to watch a tendency with him, with his Venus close to Neptune, to, to approach the feminine and put it on some kind of pedestal uh, looking at it in a very spiritual light. And so with his mother, he might see her as a divine person or it could flip around and be not so divine. It could go south. But he's definitely dealing with an energy with the feminine, which is full of sort of a shining kind of energy, which means 
your job will be to enjoy that when he's shining that light on you. But it's also going to remind you that, no, you're not Mother Teresa <laughs> or you're not Madonna. You're, you're a human who also needs to be treated as a real human being, too. Okay? That's mm-hmm. something he can, he can get upset because he might put a woman on a pedestal, and then when she has ordinariness coming through, that's, he's shocked by that. But that's who we are. We're, we are divine, and we are ordinary, all wrapped up together. Um, so you'd have to be careful he didn't get too caught up in his projection of the perfect woman. And then no one can, can, stay, can sustain that forever. Um, so that is something he'd have to work on himself, okay? Mm-hmm. Right? How does that sound? Yeah, that sounds so okay. true. We, we were involved. We, um, we were involved the first time we saw each other. I think it was just instant attraction we worked at the same job and then we were involved if after a while pretty fast it became fun and it became physical I moved on to a different job because I wanted to and also I felt like the job was getting too much heart out of me like seeing him talk and flirt with other women just was taking too much in my heart so I left so he still contacts me he wants it to just be a physical thing I feel like you said like he has deeper feelings for me but he just is sticking to his guns. He just wants it to just be a play physical thing. And I'm trying to stick to my guns. Like, I want to be able to, I don't mind the physical with you. I have feelings for you. I miss you. But I also want to be taken out, you know, on dates and stuff sometimes. So I'm afraid that I'm going to end up right. losing him because I'm trying to well, stick to my guns and be a respectable woman. Well, no, well, you, you, can't, you can't gain him and lose yourself. That's a bad bargain. So you have to stick to your principles, <laughs> of course. Uh, and again, this is part of not, Every, everybody has Scorpio somewhere in their chart, and Scorpio is the longing for the union and to be transported and transcend oneself. And one of the, one of the ways we do that most obviously is through sex. And, and Elizabethan's called sex the little death. When we do it right, we die and are, we, we're gone and we come back. And boy, is that amazing. And Scorpios have this fascination with this, but they can make it all-consuming if they're not careful. That's a danger of a Scorpio that they identify or equate sex and love, and they're not the same thing. <laughs> they're, I mean, sex right. is part of love, but there's a lot more to love than sex. So they have to be careful. They are often accused of that, and sometimes it's because they're afraid um, that in moving to a deeper connection with another, which they experience in a moment with sex, but not on an ongoing basis in a relationship if they're not really committed to somebody, they're afraid that by getting closer to someone, they're moving into that state of vulnerability where they're afraid. And the typical fear of a Scorpio is you're going to reject me. So before I, you reject me, I pull away and reject you first. And people are just stunned because that's not happening here. But that's mm-hmm. what the Scorpio is afraid of. They're afraid of being hurt. And so they may set these impossible demands. And you have to just call them that say, if you were really strong and a fully committed, wanted to be in a full relationship here, you would want to do all these things with me, including having great sex. <laughs> but if you just want great sex, that's not a relationship. That's just one dimension of a relationship, very important part, but by no means the most important part. Um, and so he has to hear what you say. I'm just saying it my way. But you have to say it your way, and maybe he'll realize, wow, this is a real person. You know, as opposed to someone who I can just have a good time with, 
and um, and if he's ready, willing, and able to go into a deeper relationship and be vulnerable as a sign of his strength, then so be it. But you should never surrender your principles. <sighs> okay. I'm trying not to, and, and he knows how I feel. I tell him over and over again, like, I want to go out. Why can't we spend the night with each other? I don't mind seeing you, but, you know, okay, we go to eat and see a movie also sometimes, like stuff like that, and he's like, I don't want that. I'm in, I don't want a relationship. Well, if he's saying he doesn't want a relationship, that's what he's saying. Then you have to listen to what he says (laughs) and say, okay, I know this could be more than this, but this soul, this person is not clued into that. They're not either not ready for it or they're afraid of it. They're telling me what they're telling me. I have to take it at face value and I must not allow myself to be used by another in this fashion. And that's, that is not love. Okay. So don't you give in. Uh, I guess I'm going to lose him. Yeah, well, you're not losing him. You never had him. <laughs> okay. In the sense of having a real relationship, if this is the terms he's setting forth for you. And if it was okay for you, I'd be saying, fine, do it. But you already said, this is not what you wish or want to see yourself in. And therefore, you must, your first responsibility is to take care of yourself and not surrender right. your principles, not surrender your spirit and soul to the pleasure of another. That is the worst bargain imaginable. Okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. Stand. Okay. Okay, Tanika. Best of luck to you, okay? Thank you. Okay, sure. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, let's see. Hello, caller. You've been holding for quite some time. Who's this? Hi, this is Pre-Paul, but you could call me Paul. Paul. Okay, Paul. Hi, Paul. Do you need to know my city and uh, date of birth? I I need to know whatever. If I don't have it, I need it all, yes. So I'll call you Paul. Okay, okay, I've got that. And what's your birth date? Brampton, Brampton, Canada is the city, and the birthday is August 19, 1987 at... 8.15 a.m. 8.15 a.m. And you said Brampton, B-R-A-M-M-P-T-O-N, Brampton. And that is, and what part of Canada is that in? Ontario. Ontario, O-N. Okay, great. Yeah, okay, I got it. Here we go. And let me just make sure I've so got my, this. So, I think I called you before as well. Oh, you did. Okay. Well, um, I've got it in here again and I'll check and make sure afterwards, but okay. So you're the Leo cancer moon Virgo rising, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Good. What can I do for you? So my, so my question is, uh, who's, uh, this is on behalf of my uh, mother, just as an act of generosity. I want to ask a question on behalf for her. Uh, sure. Who stole my mom's money in July or August of 2019. There's 3,000 oh. Americans. Oh, gee, gee, I, I, I would have no idea. I don't do. Okay. Um, there are there are techniques that some astrologers claim to use, like it's called a horary, where you could uh, take your mom's chart and the event and try to figure out who might. And I would need her chart, um, okay. but I don't usually do that kind of particular questions oh. about. 
And, yeah. and that, that's, more of a, that's, more, that's more of a psychic question than an astrology question, <laughs> unfortunately. Oh, okay. I have a backup okay. question. Uh, I okay, knew that good. was probably the case. Uh, okay. So my backup question is, will I have 7 million subscribers or more in social media in order to unite and make make uh, a united human collective and make immense love and peace on earth? Will I have 7 million subscribers? Will I be a leader in in that magna, magnitude? Okay. To help well, unite earth. Okay. Um, well, again, uh, looking at your chart, and and you have you have the the gift in your chart in terms of your career is that you do have the the moon as the highest point in your chart, and that is the that is the indicator of the public and working with or for the public in this lifetime. And the reason it gives you that ability is you're able to feel and read the times and the energy of a culture or subculture better than other people do. So I would advocate for you in terms of whatever you're doing to first and foremost, to follow your feelings and your intuition about where, where the market or the culture or the economy is going because you have a better read into the times as they are developing. You can sort of see across that horizon line and feel what's coming. And if you create your offering properly, your product, your service, your, your messaging is geared to that correctly, then I'm not saying how much you would have, but then you're doing what you came in to do. Uh, certainly supporting yeah. you in your life. You're born with the Sun-Jupiter trine, so you have a lot of supportive energy. You're, as we would say, quote-unquote, lucky, but your lucky comes through your generosity. And so the more you give, indeed, as it said, the more you will receive. And so as long as you maybe start out giving and giving and giving, planting those seeds, there's more that's going to keep being reaped by you over the course of many weeks and months and years. The possibility of doing quite well is certainly there for you. Um, but you, you, you do a lot of work behind the scenes with all those planets in your 12th house, the sun and Mercury and Venus and Mars, all behind the scenes means you're behind the curtain more than out front of the curtain but your public life and your work life will take you out into the public eye because your moon's in the 10th house of career. So part of you is uncomfortable being in the limelight and part of you longs. <laughs> and so you have yeah. to resolve that, that tension, okay, between I want to be yeah. out there, but it makes me a little uncomfortable. Um, yeah. And so find your way to ease yourself out there, building a solid following following your gut instincts as to what, what way you should be transmitting your messaging or your product and, and let it just unfold naturally is always the way to go. Um, I, okay. you know, that's all I would say. Okay. okay. Thank you. Nope. You're very welcome. Okay. Let's see if I can get one more caller in here and I'll put that on hold and let's see. Okay. This is Bill. Hello, caller. Are you there? Hello. Hello. Hi. Who's this? Shana. Hi. Shana. Hi, Shana. Have you called before? Hi. No. Okay. Can I help you with something? 
I wanted to see just two questions. Am I going to get back with my husband, and am I going to get a job soon? Okay, what's your birthday? October 10th, 1984. Okay, and do you have a time? 3 o'clock p.m., supposedly. Okay, and the city you were born in? Coatesville. Mm-hmm. Which is where? Pennsylvania. Pen- Pennsylvania. Okay, thank you. Okay, let's see. It's looking it up. Um, Col- Coltsville. How do you looking for it? Oh, there C- it is. Oh. C- C-O-A-T-E-S-B-I-L-L-E. Oh, Coatesville. Okay, hold on. <laughs> and we're, of course, it's going off air, but but I can say I'm with you. Um, there we go. I've got it in Chester. Okay, let me just pull up your chart and see who you are. And let's see what's going on in your chart right now. Um, wow. Okay, so there is tremendous change taking place in your chart right now because the outer big indicator of change, the planet Saturn is this year moving into your first house, which means these last two plus years, I would say all of, all of 18 and 19, you Shana were ending the life you had lived for the last 29 years, 27 years. And this year, 2020 you're beginning to step into the next 29 years of your life. So there's definitely a new life starting this year in 2020. At the same time, your progressed moon, which is the inner measure of time, had spent the last couple of years moving through your sixth house of healing and suffering. So you suffer, then you heal. And it has just entered in the last few months the seventh house of relationship. So that means there are patterns changing in relationship doesn't guarantee what's going to happen in terms of a particular person, but you are certainly at this point in time being asked to be ready, willing, and able to make adjustments in relationships because now new patterns can be established there while you are beginning to step out into a new major chapter of your life. So, for both those reasons, whatever had been in place for the last couple of years um, has is changing this year. Um, so I would hope if if all things being equal with with your ex, that that means we're both on the same page with this. Uh, that is, we can go forward. Um, what's also guiding you and helping you at this time, both in 2019 and through 2020 is that planet Neptune, which is, the, which is the planet of unconditional love and universal uh, compassion and understanding, it's lining up with your Venus this year, last year, and this year. And again, Venus rules your sign, Libra, and now Neptune's going over your own Venus for these two years. This is a time for heightened romance and sensitivity. Um, this is a time when you... Will be, you'll be attracted to others because they really see and experience your sensitive and caring nature. Um, and you could, if not be with your 
past love find a new and ideal partner. I mean, this is a time where sometimes the greatest love can be experienced, but it comes through selflessness or sacrifice or compassion that comes from you is where it's coming from. It's powerfully attractive when people encounter what you're putting out this year. So that's working for you in whomever you encounter this year without question. So I would tell anybody going through a Neptune-Venus year, you're going through a very romantic year. Um, But I mean romance in the greatest sense of loving one another for who we really and truly are. Um, It's not a desire as much as it's true love, undemanding love, a love that loves the other for themselves. And is returned to you, that kind of unconditional love, is what is hopefully promised to you this year. Okay? Okay. Okay. Well, I hope that helps, Shana. Okay? And I'll hold on to your your information for the future. Okay? Yes. Okay, Okay, thank thank you you so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Okay, callers, I see a few of you are still holding on. I'm going to have to end the show now because we've gone over our hour, which I always do. But I'll be back again maybe next week or in two weeks. I'll look at my calendar, see what works, and talk about other matters then. Okay? Bye for now.